On today's show, that's right, I'm back to the future in the past. What if? What if? The Dallas Mavericks won game three against the Los Angeles Clippers in the playoffs in 2021. This is already heartbreaking, <laughs> but we're going to do the what if because there's a lot of what ifs that could come from that. A lot of things. We'll get to it on today's Lockdown Mavs. I'm Luka Doncic, and this is Lockdown Mavericks Podcast. Dallas Mavericks are NBA champions. What if the Mavericks won game three against the Clippers? And welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Angstead, media member and coordinator for the Locked On Podcast Network. And joining me, as always, my co-host, contributor at Mavs.com. The what if warlock, the one we're thinking. What you got for me, Isaac Harris? Okay. Today. Are you doing that? I was like, man, your soundboard's going out. <laughs> your baby. But uh, today's what if is so... This is one of the more frustrating ones for for me because I've when I think back... So we did a... Monday nights, we try to shoot for... Uh, dang it, we haven't even talked about Monday nights. Um, <laughs> for, for, uh, We're recording this a week in advance because I'm going to be out. Just letting everybody... Pull back the curtain a little bit. Pull Pulling back the curtain. So if some. something has happened, we won't talk about it yet. Because we don't know. Um, exactly. Um, but we we got asked a question in our first like YouTube live Q&A of like, hey, what's the, the best moment, best game, best like atmosphere in AAC that you've been to? And we, we talked about the Dirk stuff and the nostalgia of 30K, his last game in Dallas. Look, those were crazy, fun moments that you're like i'm we're so blessed to be there but that game three that the mavericks won the first two games against the clippers and they come back to dallas and they have that run in the first part of the first quarter i have never been in a, in a basketball arena that was had that type of atmosphere and i just remember standing there and in, in the media standing because you like I couldn't see over the top. I was with our friend in Charks and we were saying, we're saying to John was saying, we were both standing up. I had, I had my hands on my head. It was like, there's no way this is happening right now. And it was just one of the, the coolest, craziest moments. And if you could just end the season right there, <laughs> sign me up. <laughs> yeah. So it's a huge, what if, like, like you said, the Mavericks at one point were up 30 to 11 against the Clippers in the first quarter, already being up 2-0 in the series, a massive one. So what if the Mavericks had gone on to win that game? No team has ever lost a series going up 3-0. We had talked about even all the statistics at the time. You can go back on YouTube if you want and we'll look, go look at some of our freezing cold takes about you know game three and that series. If you win two games on the road, the numbers are overwhelmingly in your favor. If you win game three, it's automatic that you win the series like it's there's just no precedent for a team to lose a series so there's so many different what ifs we're gonna get into in, in this one but yeah talk about let's just talk about going into that game they're up to they're up 2-0 and both of the games were on the road it was the first like home playoff game where you're just feeling like okay this is real and the Mavericks felt like 
the team. They felt like they weren't the underdog anymore. It weren't like the plucky Mavericks going up against this this high powered offense and defense of the Clippers. Just this, you know, Kawhi Leonard, the Finals MVP, two time. You know, Paul George, the guy that came in and is have, has a lot to redeem himself from from last playoff run. Like this team is is ready. They made the coaching change, and Ty Lue is in there, and they have all these wings and all these these guys that defend Luca, and they should be the best team to defend Luca. And all of a sudden. They're bleeding, just absolutely bleeding after being down, you know, losing both games at home. Ty Lue has that quote about, well, it's easier for role players and players to play in, in L.A. And they didn't no have pressure. There's no pressure. There's no crowd in L.A. too. So that was the wild thing about it. The Mavs won this essentially neutral site game, basically, because yeah. there was no crowd. They come back and this Dallas crowd is just in it and they're just ready to go and and and. And, you know, and and crazy basically. So the Mavs start this Luka's game. first home playoff game too. Like there was such a buzz in oh, the yeah, arena right, right. and going into that game of like Luca's first playoff game in Dallas. Obviously, you just said they won those first two games, and we're, everybody was just like, "How's this game going to start? What? How's Dallas? Can do the Clippers have it within them to answer after going down 0-2 and all the storylines that surround them from last year?" And then this game starts, and it was like it was honestly the best start you could ever ask for for Dallas. Yeah, you mentioned Luca's first home, Luca's first home playoff game because the season before they were in the bubble, and so the Mavericks yeah. didn't had never played at home with Luca in the playoffs yet. So this is the first time fans were going to see. They had a lot of fans had probably not been to a game that season because it just been limited capacity. And because of, you know, the season before, there wasn't a lot of fans and all that kind of stuff. There's just so many different factors to go into this game. And so we were wondering, how is it, how are they going to start? And how they started this game may have determined the rest of the game, according to, you know, I think to us. Because if the, the, the energy just gets to be too much for this inexperienced, you know, somewhat young Mavericks team, compared to, especially compared to the Clippers, who are the oldest team in the league that year. So you're... Like, okay, are they just going to come in and just, it's the moment's just going to be too big for them? Is it just going to be too yeah. big? And it was the exact opposite to start. They start the game out 28 to 11 and go out to this run. They're just hitting threes. Uh, if I'm, I'm looking at the, the box score right now, Luca comes in and it hits, hits a, a jumper, hits a three. And then he hits another three. Hardaway hits a three. Luca hits another three. Porzingis hits a little jumper. And then he gets the, the end one and, uh, and, and scores. Porzingis, a three. Maxi, a yeah. three. Hardaway, a three. Dorian, a layup at the rim. And then the big change. This is kind of the big what if to me for this whole thing. And it was actually in the game. Rick Carlisle decides at about the five-minute mark in the in the first quarter to take out Luka and put in Brunson. And from that point, the Mavericks are up 28-11 to 11 in the first quarter. 11 points. They'd only score 11 points at that point. They take out Luka. And then just all of a sudden... It, the Clippers just start to come back and they, they get closer and they get closer. And then it becomes an eight point game. And then it becomes a seven point game. And now all of a sudden it's within reach. And then Luca comes back for Porzingis with like in like the one minute, 30 second mark in the first quarter. And it's only a seven point game. And it does the momentum. The momentum just felt like it had completely swung the other way. Cause they only scored four points with Luca off the floor. And it just, Again, this is why they need a secondary creator. This is why all these yeah, things we've been exactly. talking about all offseason because when Luca was off the floor, they just couldn't score. That that's exactly what it is. It's like if you want any type of why should they be going after another, you know, creator, another guy in the backcourt, another guy who can run the offense, get a bucket, you look at that you look at that game right there of saying 
you know, I, I think the, the smaller what if is, or the more defined what if is, what if Rick didn't take Luca out in the first quarter of game three? Yeah. Um, we're Huge. doing the, the, we're doing the bigger what if of saying, let's just say they won that game. What if Dallas wins game three, whether Luca stayed in or not? How does that change the rest of the series? And I think we would both say if they won game three, they're winning the series. Coming up, let's answer that question. What if they didn't take Luca out? Let's let's go through and walk through that a little bit. And then, like you said, there's a whole bunch of other questions around this. What would the Mavericks offseason look like? What would Porzingis' perception look like if he had had a good season? Would the Mavericks have won the finals, like got to the finals? Because the path was not that hard throughout the rest of this. Like they were winnable series for the Mavericks throughout the rest of this, you know, the Suns, the jazz, all that kind of stuff. So we'll get into that coming up. But before we do, let me tell you about Sweatblock. Sweatblock is a new product that is revolutionary, essentially. Isaac's got the deodorant. I got the, the wipes right here. It's these, these towelettes. They're clinical strength. They're made by a doctor, recommended by a doctor, a Harvard medical doctor that now I think teaches at BYU. He created this product because he dealt with you know sweating, and there's, he just would profusively sweat all the time, and he'd have to just change his clothes, change his, you know, his shirt, and make decisions about his wardrobe and what he's going to wear based on how much he was going to sweat that day. If you don't want to have to, if you deal with that in a person, in your personal life and you don't want to sweat block is the product for you. All you do is you wipe, you wipe down here. The directions right here, reduce sweating and restore confidence up to seven days of protection per use. You just wipe your underarms the night before. And then all of a sudden you're not dealing with, you're not dealing with the sweat stains. You're not dealing with the pit stains. You're not dealing with the, the stuff that's going to make you embarrassed or lose your confidence or any of that. You get that back with Sweatblock. So go to sweatblock.com. Use the promo code LOCKEDON. You'll get 20% off. Go try it. Just go try a box and see how it works for you because they have a dry shirt guarantee. Sweatblock doesn't, sweat doesn't keep you dry. You get your money back. So go check it out at sweatblock.com. Also want to tell you about Theragun. Theragun is a product that helps with the stress of daily life. I know I deal with stress. I'm in one of the best moments, like in seasons of my life right now, and I deal with stress every day. Isaac has two small kids under the age of three. He is dealing with stress literally every minute, every waking minute of the day. Theragun helps you with that, and it helps you with, with rehab and all that kind of stuff. Gen 4 Theragun doesn't just feel good. It gets to the source of pain by releasing tension using Theragun's signature percussive therapy, which goes 60% deeper than just vibration alone. So go get your Theragun. You get you can try it for 30 days, starting at only $199. Go to therabody.com, T-H-E-R-A-B-O-D-Y.com slash locked on. Right now, get your Gen 4 Theragun today. Again, try that Theragun. It has all kinds of different settings. People swear by it. My co-host in, on Lockdown NBA on Fridays, Adam Morris, swears by this product. He loves it. He uses his every single day. Go check it out. Therabody.com slash Lockdown. All right, Isaac Harris, let's get into, let's get into the, uh, the what if in this what if. The what if in the what, what if. If... <laughs> if what if Rick Carlisle didn't take Luca out? What if he just played him through? And there's fatigue reasons. There's just rotation reasons. It wasn't a weird thing rotation-wise. He didn't go out of his way to take Luca out of this quarter. But he decided to kind of hedge his bet a little bit. We already got this lead. We'll take Luca out. So in case the Clippers come back, then we can put Luca back in. He'll be fresher. What would you think if, if he played him just the rest of the first quarter? So the rest of that five well, minutes. Well, I mean, he would have to come out at some point. Luca. Luca's not just breaking news. He's not in good enough shape to play all 48. Um, and 
you know, that that's just part of it. I mean, I think that's what we're going to look at when you look at a player as good as Luca is. I mean, he's a top five player in the league. So, I mean, it's insane how, but when you look at areas for him to get better in, this is the one I think we can look back on whether it's next year or a few years from now saying, Hey, remember those early years? Like remember the fourth quarters? He would kind of winded. He wasn't the same. Like he could play all 48, but we already like seen him at the end of these games, looking tired, looking, you know, a little sloppy with the ball. And that's what, that's the level he has to get to eventually in his game. So if he played the entire first, then he's going to have to come out in the, you know, first part of the second for a good chunk of time. He would, which we had seen him do in the regular season. That was kind of his rotation. He would play and before Chris Porzingis like kind of talked about his minutes and wanted more minutes at the beginning game. Remember that, that whole conversation (laughs) we had in that season. And so Luca had played most of first quarters throughout, you know, that season. And so that it wasn't, it wasn't until later in the season when Porzingis made that comment and then talked to Rick Carlisle about it that they changed that whole thing and changed Luca's rotation based on what Porzingis wanted. <laughs> Man, yeah. oh, I don't want to be back in that again. But I think if they kept him in, the shooting, I don't know if the shooting was sustainable. The Mavericks were just making so many threes. I think they would have regressed a little bit. But let's say, okay, so it's 11 to 28 when Luca goes out. Let's say the Clippers still score. The Clippers end the end the. They end the quarter with 31 points. I don't think the defense changes if Luka doesn't go out there, right? Like, if Luka is is not out. I think the Clippers would have come back to earth a little bit, and they still would have scored. So the Mavericks end, let's say they score like six more points in that run. (laughs) Then all of a sudden, it's 38 to 25. Is Is that enough to where all of a sudden... It doesn't give the Clippers as much confidence that they're going to come back and win this game because that's what it kind of comes down to is the momentum of the game just completely swung back to the Clippers. And is Luka playing four more minutes or like, what is it? It's literally literally three minutes because he comes back at the 131 mark. Is him playing three more minutes enough to not sway the Clippers' confidence enough? Can they get the lead out to, you know, it was, it was what, uh, 19 at the time? Can they get it out to... Like twenty or, or something like that, like twenty five <laughs> or something. I yeah. mean, e- it, either is that, way, is that enough? And I don't think it is. Yeah, I mean, either way, he's got to come out. Either way, the Mavericks have to, you know, hold hold the line until Luca comes back. And so, I I actually don't look at that game and say, <clears throat> I mean, as soon as Luca came out, my dad was blowing up my phone that that night saying, "Why did Rick take out Luca?" And you know, and that's become a storyline. I'm actually not in that camp. I I have my criticisms of Rick, but. I just don't think that Luca coming out in that moment decided that entire game. I just I don't because he would have had a lot of time when he got taken out. There's five minutes left yeah. in the first quarter, and then three more quarters after that. There's a lot of time. Could he have come come back in once they started making a run? Now let's talk about that. But when he came out of the game, I'm fine with that because you're up by 19 points. If there's ever a time, especially in the first quarter, that you're sitting there saying, you know what, I think we can take Luca out right now. I get all the mindset behind it and, and get him. Get, let's get him a few you know, minutes of rest right now. Surely we can hold the lead 15 to 20 while Luca's out. They didn't, but could they have put him back in? I think that's a question too. But let's assume they win the game. Let's do the what if. Yeah. What if they win the game? What, what if? if they what if they win game three? We both agree they win the series. Therefore, setting them up for a second round matchup with the Utah Jazz. How does that series play out? That one is that one is fascinating because we had seen the Mavericks play the Jazz 
three times in the, in that season. If you remember, the two the first two games were the lowest point of the season for the Mavericks. They were coming off the they were coming off the COVID the whole COVID break for yeah. it, not break the whole COVID outing for for every for all those guys. They they dealt with all that and in it Utah. was just yeah it was just the lowest point for the Mavericks. They just got absolutely destroyed by that team and then. Later in the season, the Mavericks played the Utah Jazz again without Porzingis, actually, and it was completely different. It was a completely different outcome. The Mavericks ended up winning that game. That game was in April, and the Jazz throughout the season started out this incredibly great team and then slowly just became a little bit more like normal, right? Like just it slowly yeah. just became a little bit more, uh, I don't know, like mediocre, like, basically. Of a you team. are the 2000 Hawks. You know, the 2000 Hawks. <laughs> Am I allowed to talk like that on this network? But And the Jazz had their full complement of guys. Mitchell and Gobert started. Conley was there. Boyan Bogdanovich, Royce O'Neal. That was the starting lineup. Ingles, Clarkson, Favors, George Niang. All those guys played. So, And, and by the way, guess who was on that roster that day? Oh, uh, who? Our boy Trent Forrest. He was? Trent Forrest is on the roster. Yeah, I didn't think that. I didn't think wow. that. I just saw him. He was so I, I wouldn't good. have recognized his name. Now I do because he waved He waved goodbye at the Summer League team. That's crazy. But so he's their, so good they, that he's back at Summer League. The next they year. had their full complement of the players, and the Mavericks started Luca, Dorian, Maxi, Richardson, and Melly. Nicolo Melly got the start in that mm. game because they wanted the shooting there, and the Mavericks ended up winning that game. They played it like a playoff game. Brunson, Hardaway, Dwight Powell were the only ones that played off the bench. And, uh, yeah, Porzingis didn't play in that one, and Mavericks end up winning. So, But do the Mavericks match up well? Do they beat the Jazz? Because I think they would have. Well, notice how they, they beat the Jazz without KP. They went small. How did the Clippers beat the Jazz? They went yep. small. So for Dallas, I think there's a couple players that you look at for Dallas. Coming out of the playoffs, there are three players that we're looking at and saying, man, the storylines and narratives around KP, Jalen Brunson, and Josh Richardson – they're not the greatest coming out of the playoffs out of that series against the Clippers. How, how, what of those three players, does one of those players have a different narrative against the jazz? Does Jalen Brunson have a great series against Utah? And you're like, dang, like, okay, this was this coming out party on the playoff stage. Does Christoph Porzingis pull Rudy Gobert away from the rim? Let's just say they put Rudy on KP and they don't put, you know, Rudy on Dorian in the corner or whatever. Like, does KP have a much better series? Because, Take all of your KP criticism aside. The literal, literally, the worst matchup for KP in the playoffs was the Clippers. Like the worst matchup for him. So, what if he did go against another traditional center in the playoffs in a, in a playoff series? Because we've only seen him against the Clippers both years, <laughs> which the bubble series wasn't a bad series. He just got hurt. But this past year was rough. They stuck him in the corner. All that we know, all of that. But what if he? What if they snuck past the Clippers what? in that series? And then they they play Utah, and he has an incredible series. And Rudy Gobert, you know, he's, he's away from the basket. KP's hitting a bunch of threes each game. Changes that narrative. What if Josh Richardson steps up, hits some threes, but more importantly, guards Donovan Mitchell for a series? And you're like, dang, that's why they got him right there. Those are like three what-if narratives for some Mavs players that could drastically change like they're out like their careers kind of one of the reasons why the Mavericks won that game against the Jazz in April was because uh, Luca was six of 11 from three Dory went five of 12 from three that was huge he just kept taking threes and taking threes because like you mentioned Gobert was guarding Dorian instead of guarding you know the, the you know anybody else and he was basically they were basically just letting Dorian shoot he was just yeah. letting him out there and 
Gobert decided to guard the rim and let Dorian just be out there. And so he got to shoot 12 threes the most on the team. Uh, Brunson went four of seven from three. Hardaway went three of seven from three. And Josh Richardson went five of five from three as well Whoa. in this game. So some of those things are definitely not sustainable. <laughs> I don't know Josh Richardson shooting 100% from three in a playoff series against the Jazz, but... Yeah, what if Josh Josh Richardson had a really good series and Porzingis had a pretty good series, like a really good series? Would that have completely changed the narrative on these guys? Let's say they did. What are we thinking about Josh Richardson? Are we still like he has to be gone? Let's just trade him for nothing—a traded player exception and a young player. Like, are we still saying that? I know that's then. Do they do they still try to dump their con his contract if he has an incredible series? I mean, if he literally guards Donovan Mitchell in that series and they beat the Jazz. Remember, the Jazz lost to the Clippers in six games in that series. Like, it's kind of mind-boggling. And that Kawhi bringing... didn't play at the end, remember? Yeah, exactly. And it's kind of mind-boggling that they're bringing back that same squad basically with, like, Rudy Gay. They and added Nicole. Rudy Gay. Come on. And, oh. and Hassan Whiteside. Come on. Oh, well, that, <laughs> they're in the finals next year. And but Oh, Kawhi that... didn't play the last two games, by the way. I, I forgot about that. He didn't... He was uh, kind of limited in game, you know, in game three, I guess he was, he was, or game four, he was, he was okay. And then the last two games he didn't play and the Clippers won those ones anyway. But this is a question I have. How they beat the, they beat the Jazz the last time they played them in the regular season. When KP didn't play, they went small. The Clippers beat the Jazz when they went small. Would Rick finally have said, we're going small because we're going to beat the Jazz? And it's that's big, what that's what we wanted for the Clippers. It never happened. Would that would he would have said it, put it down and said we beat them in the regular season by going small. That's how we're going to beat them. If it caught like would that have been the case? I just I don't I don't think so. I don't think they would have ever went small. Coming up, let's get into some off-season type questions. What would the Mavericks have looked like if they got past the Jazz and something else? And then maybe their season ended there against the Suns or something. And then what would the Mavericks off-season have looked like if they had won that fir- that elusive first-round series or even a second-round yeah. series and got there? Let's talk about that coming up. But before we do, let me tell you about Built Bar. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. They're absolutely delicious. We love them. I eat them all the time. I love the raspberry one. The raspberry and the cherry bar C are sneaky ones that I, I really like. 130 calories, 17 grams of protein, 4 grams of sugar in a bar covered in 100% chocolate. They're great. Check them out. They have all kinds of deals all the time. You can compare them to other kinds of protein bars that have uh, you know, 190 to 350 calories and have a bunch of fat in them and, and net carbs. Listen to this. The, that Gatorade bar... 33 grams of carbs. You've been doing keto. That is like an insane amount of carbs. Built Bar, four grams of, four net grams of carbs, uh, net carbs in there. That is absolutely wild. Some of the other, the sugar of some of these other ones, just just look at this next to a candy bar. I had a Reese's cup today. 21 grams of sugar in the Reese's cups, in in two cups. Four grams of sugar in a Built Bar. That's insane. That's absolutely wild. Go check out Built Bar, use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order with Built Bar. Also, I want to tell you about Bet Online. Bet Online is the best place to put down some money on sports. They have all kinds of football stuff. MLB still going on. They have everything that you could want. Coach of the year for NBA. Steve Kerr, plus 800. Steve Nash, plus 900. Billy Donovan, plus 1200. Eric Spolstra, plus 1200. Interesting, the top four. Which one of those are you feeling? Um... Kerr, Nash, Donovan, Spolstra. Not Billy Donovan. No. Steve Nash. Steve Nash is a really interesting one. If you get a healthy net season, that could be absolutely wild. Uh, Rick Carlisle or Jason Kidd, who has better odds to win Coach of the Year next year, according to Bet Online? Rick Carlisle. 
Rick Carlisle plus fourteen hundred. Jason Kidd plus sixteen hundred. Not too far down. Hmm. That's that's right in the, that next round. Quinn Snyder, Nate McMillan have the same odds as Jason Kidd to win Coach of the Year next year. Use the promo code LOCKDOWN. Get a 50% welcome bonus. Your first deposit. Bet online. Your online sportsbook experts. All right, Isaac Harris. Let's get into some more about this. What if? About the Dallas Mavericks. We're talking about the this past playoffs, the 2021 playoffs, and the Game 3 specifically, if the Mavericks had won that game, what would have happened? We think that the Mavericks would have won the series. They go on, they play the Jazz, maybe they beat the Jazz, but even if they don't beat the Jazz, they won that first-round series. They're, they went into the season saying, we want to win a playoff series, and then they go do that. How does the offseason look different now? Does it matter to free agents? Does it Does it show a Kyle Lowry or any other bigger free agents that Hey, this Mavericks team just isn't a one and done team in the playoffs. Like, if they win a first round series and they beat, not just win a first round series, if they beat the Clippers by putting KP in the corner and Luka Doncic in supporting cast beats Kawhi and Paul George, a healthy Kawhi at that point, too. Yeah. In the first round, a dominating Kawhi. Does that, does that show free agents across the league that this Mavericks team is on the brink? Like, they're on the edge of a title. They're close. They're closer than what maybe some players think they are now, even though that, hey, they're probably, you know, some however close you think they are. I, I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. Does Kyle Lowry still go to Miami because of his friendship with Jimmy Butler and it's South Beach? Probably so. But like, how does does it impact any other big free agent name? I think that's a that's a question that you have to ask. And I think on the flip side to the Clippers, is Kawhi gone? Like if Kawhi loses that series, is he is he still re-upping at that point? I mean, I don't know. Probably. Does does he have well, the knee, knee injury? I was going to say, does he does he get hurt if they get knocked out? Oh, my gosh. This is a wild what if. Now, all of a sudden, Kawhi is healthy or, or pretty healthy going yeah. into going into this offseason. Does that change the calculus for him? Because then all of a sudden, yeah. he's out with the Clippers. That team just seems... I don't know. All of a sudden, all of a sudden, this probably Clip- out. So, okay, yeah. No, but all of a sudden, this Clippers team lost three after going up three one to the Nuggets in the second round the year before, and then in the first round to the Mavericks yeah. that year, a, a, a like a not superior Mavericks, like a worse Mavericks team than the Clippers, just on paper and all that experience, everything. Yeah, that would. I mean, those would be two extremely disappointing years. Does Kawhi leave after that? Because personally, if I'm looking at that roster, I'm saying I don't know if I can get this done here. Yeah, I mean, if he's saying, I mean, we we couldn't get past the Mavericks in the first round, and that's why I, I can't beat either of these two European dudes, Jokic or Luca. Just can't beat them, right? Like, I beat Luca well, the year his, before, and he comes back and beats me next year. His supporting cast couldn't like, and he's fully healthy, like you said. I mean, does he stay in L.A.? I mean, you guess so, but I mean, I don't know if he's fully healthy at that point. I think there's a question too for the off season for Dallas. If they win that fir- that next series, listen, or they win that first round series and they play Utah, let's just say they lose against Utah. And it's just one one more round. Does Don does that affect the futures of Donnie Nelson and Rick Carlisle? What happens with them? Because the Haralabob stuff is still a thing. That's still happening. Exactly. All that stuff, the power struggle with Cuban and all that <coughs> all that stuff that still happens, and. The Lucas stuff with Haralabas still happens, and the Lucas stuff with Carlisle, is it as bad? Can they talk themselves into, all right, let's just try one more year. Maybe Rick talks himself into, 
Okay, I think we may have a, a championship team here. Can he talk himself into one more year with the team? Or do they still make the move? And now, now all of a sudden, you're talking about, like, predestination versus, like, like post-trip, mid-trip. Like, depending on what you believe, you think that either... Calvinism they, versus Arminianism. Uh, so this is what gonna... this is, because some people just believe it was a done deal. Cuban was already ready to move on from Donnie Nelson after this season and yeah. after the draft and all that. After seeing the rookies and all that kind of stuff, he's just like, I'm done with this. And Rick was done all, was, was done already because he didn't want to be on the hot seat. And so some people think it was predetermined that it was already going to happen. But I don't know. I think I kind of believe that they would have stayed, both stayed. Uh, then uh, I think they're both out. If they Okay, uh, they go into the season. They accomplish the one goal that they set out for. Yeah. And it's yeah. a successful season, which, you know, we debated a lot. What would be a successful season for the Mavericks if they won that first-round series? And they did you, that. It's a successful season, and they still lose both the GM yeah. and the coach? That's insane. I think they do because – I think Donnie was the precursor to Rick. I think the writing on the wall was there for Donnie, whether we agreed with it or not. And I think once Rick saw that Donnie was gone, I think, you know, Indiana came calling pretty quick. So Rick, Rick leaving is like when Michael Scott left the office and Ryan Howard was sitting there and he was like, I got away with a lot under the last regime. And now all of a sudden they're going to bring in somebody new and my life is going to completely change. And I don't know if I want to be about that. <laughs> Like, he had to, he's like, I want somebody to come in and lead me, but lead me when I want to be led. That was Ryan, that was Ryan Howard's quote. Because Rick still had his stuff with, I mean, he still had his tension with Luca. That I mean, we all know that they were never best friends. Like the Volcara stuff was still going, you know, was going on before everything that was going to affect Donnie's future. So like that, I I tend to think that that would have still happened. I think it gets it, it gets spicier. Where if they made like a finals run, so let's just say they beat Utah, yeah, and they got past Utah, and they play, they played Phoenix in the conference finals. Is this Phoenix, Phoenix team that good that they would? With, that, and Chris Paul misses two two games in that series because of the COVID situation. So yeah, if, if you're still predeterminism, you believe that Chris Paul still gets COVID. Still gets so COVID. If, if does a healthy Dallas team beat a Phoenix team without Chris Paul for two of those games in the series? Because that, that that Suns team only beat. The Clippers without Kawhi the whole series. Like it yeah. I mean and they took them six games to do it. <laughs> I mean, I'm not, yeah. I'm just I don't believe that Suns team was that good that they're just that they would just roll over the Mavericks or that they would beat the Mavericks. Dorian on Booker would have been fun, you know, for for an oh, entire Richardson, series probably. Or Richardson probably. On, on Chris Paul. Yeah, I guess some of that. I mean, the Aiton yeah. versus Porzingis matchup of which of our bigs like does does Man, that that'd be the Suns, Luca narrative, all of that. You know who Mikel Bridges would have guarded Luca, which is a great you know matchup. Yeah, that would, that would have been tough. He's one of the best at defending Luca in the whole league. Yeah, Jay Crowder back in Dallas, all of that. And could they beat so, the Bucks? Let's say they beat the Suns. Can they beat the Bucks? We'll end on this. No, you still think the Bucks win? Yeah, yeah, I do. The Mavs go to the finals. Does Donnie, yeah. do Donnie and Rick still leave? That's the question. That's what I don't know. Does Donnie and Rick, are they still there? Are they still here in Dallas? If they go to the Western conference finals or they go to the finals, I, that, do they go that to the finals? Wild. And then all of a sudden does, does, does Kyle Lowry still go to the heat who just got swept in the first round in the East? That's a good point. Or or go to the team that just made the finals in the Western Conference. I don't know. South Beach does look pretty nice. It's pretty nice. Maybe the but. Trinity River, South Beach, <laughs> Hawaiian Falls, South Beach. That's about the same. <laughs>
There you go. That's our what if about the Dallas Mavericks. All kinds of different things. Let us know in the comments what you think. Guys, thanks so much for listening to Lockdown Maps. Peace out. Oh. In a game two loss, Porzingis gets the bucket and a foul. Doncic with the assist. Is not something that is sustainable. I think the entire world knows that. But you can't just hope that they cool down.